apparently now I have to clarify that I want to record on my computer instead of the cloud. So for those of you listening in, this is episode 17 of Man Buns and Jesus. I am uh, one of your hosts. I guess we call ourselves hosts. That feels too like professional for us. Yeah. But uh, I'm Josh Laborious. I'm a pastor in, uh, in Eastvale, California. And that over there is uh, my co-host, or whatever we're calling ourselves, Benjamin Oschlager, uh, pastor of, oh, it's like faith or child of God, or did I get faith? Is that right? No, it's Good Shepherd. I was trying to like, I was going to like. It's one of the seven generic like Lutheran church names. Yeah, that's not a saint. Yes. Right. Yeah. So good yeah. shepherd in uh, in in the farthest reaches of the cold, dark north. <laughs> We're in Lake Orion, Michigan. <laughs> uh, what are we talking about today, Ben? So um, today, because I wanted to talk about something lighthearted, um, I decided that we're going to talk about stuff in churches that makes us cringe. Um, Because there are a lot of people who do a lot of well-meaning things in churches that um, make pastors and other church professionals cringe. Um, And other church members, right? Like, (laughs) and other church members. Yes. Um, And today just felt like a good day to like just vent a little bit, you know. Um, none of this is necessarily relevant to the situation that either one of us is in right now. It's just life experiences that we've seen along the way that we see and cringe. So, um, Josh, do you want me to go first since? This is my my topic, or do you have one right off the top? Of I'm I'm ready to go. Uh, I think one of and uh, no, I want to start off like kidding. Not I had I had a heavier one. No, we're not going to start there. We're not going to go there. We'll get there later. Um, okay. Something that makes me cringe okay. <laughs> is just the like the ha- the happy clappy like. I'm going to pretend the whole world is sunshine and rainbows and like they come in and they're always like the, the peppy equivalent of like a Christian that just makes me cringe because I I think the core of it is probably like, I have a general awareness that no one's life is actually that upbeat. So this is the problem I have with a lot of like Christian radio, this case in point, Christian radio DJs. I cannot listen to Christian radio yeah. stations because of yep. the DJs because they're always like, "This is everything's so great and we're so happy and, and, and everything's going great." And I'm like, "Probably not." You're right. We have uh, we have an understanding as Christians that while we're in the world, we're gonna be we're gonna suffer, and the world is broken by sin. And to pretend that it's not, I think, is uh, inauthentic, and it just it makes me uncomfortable that's why i listen to alternative radio where all of the hosts are probably clinically depressed it is a better reflection on the world uh 
this is a complete aside, but it's it's funny that you mentioned that because I grew up we're growing up in the Twin Cities. There's this uh, radio station there. I don't think it exists anymore, um, but they had a it was called Metal Mondays, and it was a two hour block on Monday nights of just Christian hardcore metal. Um, and because metalheads are all the same, regardless of whether they're Christian or not, uh, they were much more blunt and to the point than your average Christian radio host. And it was pretty phenomenal. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, uh, Josh, that is absolutely something that makes me cringe too. Specifically the, the Christian radio host side of that. Just and if you're listening to this and you're a Christian choir, radio host, cry. like I don't have anything against you, but maybe be a little more like in touch with reality in your in your profession, right? Acknowledge that sometimes yeah. life just sucks, and there's not really a. It's just that's the reality of the situation. Yeah. Uh, I think Josh, my first thing that makes me cringe. Um, is church closets. Um, <laughs> you know exactly where I'm going with this, don't you? I um, know a couple directions that you should go with this. I, I mean, so the first, first and foremost, there is an old school joke in the church that if there is empty space in the church, the church is either closed or new because as soon as you have empty space in a church, it gets filled. Um, I spent two hours ish with a group of about 12 guys two weeks ago, uh, clearing out old books and materials from a couple different places around the church. Um, my secretary wandered into one of the two spaces we'd been working in a couple days later and went, Still looks about the same, um, which speaks to the level of just the volume stuff. of crap. <laughs> yeah, um, some of it's useful stuff. Uh, a lot of it is just old books and stuff that we probably need to get rid of. Um, but yeah, well, it's it's almost but, like collectively churches. They come together and they develop a, a hoarding problem. Yes. Right. Because the argument true. with a lot of hoarding is, is, you know, I, I can't throw it away. What if I need it one day? Yes. And it's like yep. for mm -hmm. some things, that's a fair, right. You know, if you have, say you have, you replace your communion set, that old one was probably pretty expensive. So if someone were to say, well, what if we need it one day? I, I, you know, that's one instance where I'd say, you know what, that's fair because this thing probably costs a few hundred dollars and you know say we have a christmas service or something and we need more communion than we normally do fair right but like if it's a 15 cent devotional booklet that has dates in it for advent 20 2001 right we're probably never going to need that and if it, in worst case scenario we reorder the 15 cent booklet, right? My, my personal favorite thing that we found, the, the church had a school that closed a few years back. Uh, we found a copy of 
uh, an instructional book teaching the basics of Microsoft Office 2004. <laughs> yeah, so this is something that I, I think you could make a fairly serious living going into churches and install, well, installing, not in like a computer term, just like putting into place systems to keep this data. Cause like the cringe reason is right. It looks like crap, right? If, if some mm -hmm. visitor comes by and they're like, Oh, I, could you give me uh you know, a catechism or whatever, whatever they're asking for. And you're like, Oh, sure. Let me just go in the book closet and get you one. And they, they see in the book closet that the church is just barely covering up this hot mess. It's, it doesn't reflect super well on you, right? Uh, one of the mm -hmm. things that uh, there's, there's a really good book called um, No Man Left Behind. And it's, it's kind of a, it's a, at its core, it's a book that suggests like, here are good ways to do men's ministry. But one, one really profound point they make is that a lot of churches are decorated by chicks and they look like it, right? There's flowers everywhere. There's like, it's all very, for lack of a better way to put it, it's all very soft, right? In, in the parlance of Letterkenny, right? It's 10 ply. And if you're a dude and you walk into that, it doesn't, whether it's conscious or not, it, it doesn't look like this is my kind of place, right? And I think that's why you find places that are a little more intentional in, in decorating more neutrally or even more slanted for men you have a lot more clean lines you have a lot more neutral colors stuff like that um it it, it helps hold guys better and that seems like a really stupid shallow thing but at the same breath like that's that's a pretty easy way to improve your retention all of this circling back to your cringe point right it, it the way your church looks matters and it matters a lot more than we would than we would think it should. But if your church is a disorganized mess, that's a barrier for people. Like it, uh, and I can so I I just finished uh, cleaning cleaning up uh, our kitchen and stuff. I can tell you if our kitchen's a mess and there's just you know there's chaos. The dishwasher hasn't been loaded. My desire to walk into that kitchen and make dinner goes from an average on an average day, probably from about an 80% down to like a 30%. Right. And like pastors out there, if any of our me. friends and your pastors <laughs> out there, if your office is chaos, Pete, and I hope there aren't too many, but people wired like me are not going to want to go visit you in your office because it will bother us that your office is a hot mess. And now I'm having flashbacks to that professor I had to help with it. You know, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, we're not going to go there. Um, Stacks of paper this high on all parts of his giant desk from yeah. 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Josh, what's your next? What's your next church cringe? Oh, my next church cringe. Um, I think it's it's got to be. Oh, I might get in trouble for this one. Dancing and clapping in church. 
Okay. Not you better explain your, You better come and you better come correct. Okay. So here's. I told you I might get in trouble for this one. Okay. So what I'm not talking about is if the worship, if it is a song that has like a driving beat and it really like lends itself to clapping, the worship leader then gets everybody going. That no cringe, right? That's you're worshiping, uh, it, just like with your voice, you're, you're like, you're becoming an instrument on some level. You're part of the, the corporate worship experience. I have no problem with that. At the same time, no problem with liturgical dance, I think is how we, like we have, we have a dance troupe. We have a, a wonderful lady in our congregation. Um, she's in charge of a dance studio and, and every once in a while they come in and the, they do a performance. Like, um, I can't, I think it was either the week before or it was Christmas Eve. They, they came in and they had a Christmas performance and it, it told the Christmas story really, really well. It was very cool. Again, not cringe. What I'm talking about is when one person decides they're going to clap. And I, and I think what bothers me most is, is very frequently that person is off beat. No, that sounds terrible. And you, you look weird. And, and for a lot of other people, they're just, they're, praying that you stop like it's very distracting to have one person um clapping off, slightly offbeat or clapping by themselves or doing their little potty dance um like if you're the only one in the room dancing or whatever you call it um it's cringy right <laughs> like be a sheep be I, a i'm sheep. actually gonna disagree with you here I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with you here. I think if you're the only one getting into the music. Okay, so if someone is like into doing this in the back of the church, that's not distracting for you? For those of you who are listening, no, absolutely I want to check not. out the video because I just did something ridiculous on it. Like that is, <laughs> stop it. Be a conformist at my, least a little thing, bit. It, I can understand the clapping. If you're the only one in the room clapping, that can be distracting for sure. But if you are the one person who's like, if you just need to move with music, if that is you, like, like you can't physically sit still listening to music, which was me when I was younger, just go sit in the back. Like, be in a place where you aren't necessarily going to draw people's attention and go nuts. That's fine. Do that. Um, I, I'm happy to have people do that. Like, it's no no different than uh, a kid running around grabbing different crayons to color on a page while they're listening to the sermon in their pew. Like, to me, it's it's kind of like it's the same level of distraction, but on some level, well, see, the see, rest I'm, of us in the congregation have to deal with that. I guess I want to draw a line between because, like, I get it, right? freaking white boy shuffle up in there don't like you're not you're not breaking down you're not soldier boy okay if both of those reference missed for you i don't know what demographic you're a part of because i just hit 
I learned the white boy shuffle from some old people and soldier boy is from slightly less old people and you can you can throw the Macarena in there and then you get basically sure. everybody because like don't... anybody that's been to a wedding has probably danced the Macarena. Yeah, my, so my I guess my my line is are you doing it because you know call it nervous energy I guess because like you kind of, you move with music. I get that. Like I'll be tapping my foot or I'll, you know, maybe I'll, uh, you know, be bouncing my leg or something, right? I'm a fidgety person. Even now, like the reason I am, I'm sitting so much further back is because now my camera is attached to the desk and I fidget. And if I'm touching the desk, the camera's going to shake. Okay. I get it. But there's a line where like you, that kind of thing going on becomes hey look at me look at how into worship i'm getting which i think is because i've met people mm -hmm. who it's performative for them and i'm like mm -hmm. it's not about you calm down right so i think that's my line which is a contextual line right because some people have even more fidgety energy than i do and they're gonna their movements are gonna be more exaggerated because they they have all this energy going on. But a lot of people I see do this. I know them, and I'm like, you don't have nervous energy. You have no problem sitting still, but you want everybody to see how into the music you're getting. And I guess that's the cringy part for me is because I know some of these people who do it for attention, mm -hmm. and maybe that's mm -hmm. what bothers me. This is this turning. I don't know if this is turning into a psychoanalysis counseling session. But I mean, anyway. it, it, I think it is a little bit, but it's 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 good. We need to process this, Josh. <laughs> we need to get this out of you. <laughs> Does that mean I can go back and cut uh, out the section of video where I danced on camera? Uh, no, that's got to stay. That's got to be on record. Um, and if somebody has the skills that's watching this, uh, please gift that so that <laughs> we can use that in future. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I want to build right, on this a little bit. I think have, something Ben. Well, no, I was going to I was going to build on yours cuz I do think that there are times where like there's like a, a level of dancing or clapping that's really cringy and it's like for me it's when especially happens in contemporary settings where a worship leader will try and get a congregation that is just not into it to clap. And like or move and get excited like you kind of on some level have to feel your feel your audience as a musician um and if you're standing there and your entire like week after week after week the congregation just doesn't seem super into the music that you're choosing pick different music don't try and force them to get into music that like just because they don't you want to really like it I, or whatever yeah i've i've been to a handful of churches where like the the music selection is stale it feels old it feels cheesy the the worship leaders are often talented musicians sometimes their hands are tied by pastor i don't know the situation there but like i just feel like there's oftentimes a better music selection than what's there and it's going to be a lot easier to get people to sing something they're actually comfortable with than trying to force them to get into something that they don't like. Yeah. So, uh, kind of 
spinning off that even more, I think it's just cringy in general when churches are caught 20 years in the past. Right? So so there's this there's this distinction. Our theology, our doctrine does not change. We hold on to that, right? We hold on to the truths of scripture and what we teach and the content. But how we portray that, how we show that to people is mm-hmm. is contextualized, right? It's it's appropriate to the setting you're in. And don't get stuck 20 years ago, right? Okay. Um, an example, silly bands, for those, if anyone, if you remember, if you don't, that's fine. But silly bands used to be these things, they were like, they were like shaped rubber bands. And it was a, it was a thing, uh, I think it was like a big middle school thing. Like they would, you'd have like an arm full of silly bands. And uh, if a church today gave those out, it would be in, you'd be out of touch. Right, they're not cool anymore. Um, paracord bracelets. There, there was a time where they were like a fad thing. I recognize they're a practical thing, especially if you hiking and camping. But they were a fad thing. People like to wear them. They're not cool anymore. So if you were giving them out as like a cool thing, a cool church thing, they're not cool anymore. And I think the same thing applies to music, right? And here's an instance. I'm so thankful I'm not a worship leader because I don't have to do this. Listen to Christian radio. If they don't play the song anymore, that means it has become out of date. Okay, that's an if that's an easy metric for you. Obviously, there are exceptions, and no one is opposed to an occasional throwback, right? Except for Shine Jesus Shine. Joel, if you're listening to this, no. <laughs> No, no, no. Oh. And if Chuck, for any reason you are listening to this, I'm going to second that motion. Um. But like, keep the music current. Keep and, and I recognize you can't do new songs every week. That's not practical. That's not helpful because people can't learn them. But if, if you've gone, if at no point you're not introducing a new song, at, like at some point you're not trying to work it in, like you're falling behind because the trends in music change, the trends in people's taste change. Um, so like if, if you're p- consistently playing songs that they don't ever play on Christian radio anymore because they're, you know, 20, 30 years old, you're becoming outdated in the contemporary worship setting. Okay. I think hymns are a different game, right? Because they're all there. They've gone from, cool to outdated to classic right that's putting the best construction on it right it's a it's a 70 year old car that maybe when it came out it was cool and it wasn't for a while but now it's like there's a collector's whatever to it that's what hymns are they're collectibles am i gonna get gonna, am gonna i gonna agree get and disagree with you on this huh uh no no i'm gonna agree and disagree with you on this though so in high school, I had a 1998 Volvo V70 station wagon that I drove as my daily driver. I think it was, a, it was an absolute lemon, an absolute piece of junk. By the time my parents finally scrapped that car, it was only like two years away from being, uh, no, nah, maybe not two. It was, a, it was not that far away from being able to apply for collector's plates for it. Um, there's, there's some beauty in the eye of the beholder that goes, 
Yeah, that, absolutely. There's there's some beauty in the eye of the beholder there. Um, and yes, hymns are very much in their own ball game. Um, but I think going to the the music side of things, like I almost feel like if they're playing it on Christian radio, don't play it because people are are getting those songs like if if you are a a uh, solid listener of christian radio you are probably sick of every song that they play okay that's fair well so here's a radio here's a because radio it's like hit. the same 20 song on loops right so here here's uh an insight from someone who was in the radio. you know i worked at a radio station for four years um and we were a, we were a top 40 station which i suspect Christian radio probably plays by very similar rules. And what we had is we had a primary playlist of top 40. And those songs got played probably three to four times more frequent, like with our auto DJ, especially, right? If there wasn't a live DJ and, and it was just a computer throwing songs on, they got played three to four times more frequently. When we, we had talk shows mostly, if a host was doing a talk show and they had three songs, two of them had to be from that list. Okay. So maybe avoid that. Maybe Ben's right. Avoid that list of, you know, quote unquote, top 40, the songs that are played three to four times an hour. You're probably right. But like the rest of the songs are current, but not in that primary playlist. I don't know how you can tell that unless you also listen to Christian radio at nauseum, but. Um, no, my wife does. And I'm in the car with her just enough that I, I know what songs are popular and um, they already annoy me and I'm not even in her car that often, but. Um, like I said, you just need to listen to some alt radio, Ben, get some Stacy's mom. I dude, I absolutely listen to alt radio. I was listening to the, uh, uh, the remix of numb on the way here from my last appointment oh. uh with jay-z yeah right that we, brings uh, back some feels so for um, anyone if you are ever going to suggest a radio station <laughs> to me if they have never played stacy's mom by fountains of wayne live on the air well recorded <laughs> on the air it is not a radio station that is my single qualifier ever since uh 103.7 the shark in south florida i listened to it and the first time I turned it on, I heard Stacy's mom on the radio. And I was like, no way did they just play Stacy's mom on the radio. But sure enough, they did. And ever since then, I can't listen to a radio station that's not willing to not willing to do that. So don't you dare come and tell me to we listen can, to some classic can, rock nonsense that won't play Stacy's mom. <laughs> If you've never heard we'll, we'll Stacey's mom, our psychoanalysis later. Don't listen to it. <laughs> no, do listen. It's a great song. It's a high quality song. It's an absolute earworm, and it's a it's a wonderful piece of music. But it's not. It's gonna be stuck in my head the rest of the not day. Not what we should be. Um, Absolutely will. Um, the let me finish my thought here, though. I think part of what makes a lot of old worship songs so cringe is the musicality of them. If you try to play them the way that they were played when they were released, if they were released 20 years ago, ooh, it's going to be rough. But if you like, if you set it in a, in a way that like fits your context and doesn't sound like it was written 
25 years ago necessarily. Right. You if it was right to be played on a tambourine from the 70s, then no. Don't do it. Get rid of it, yeah. Well, just get rid of the tambourine and like you'll figure out the rest of it. Um, but like my church for contemporary, our contemporary service is one guy with a guitar because our space doesn't make sense to do much more than that. Like if we added a cajon, we'd probably be okay. Anything beyond that, we'd be pushing the limits of like what would comfortably work in that space. And that like you have to change the musicality of almost any worship song to fit that and to fit that space. And like, honestly, it makes some of those songs that like are painful to listen to a little bit better because you're not hearing them the way that you always hear them. You hear, you're hearing them kind of fresh and you're actually able to like, oh, that's what the words are. And it's not just like this incessant earworm song that you've heard 40 billion times in the last two weeks. In the shine Jesus shine is still off limits no matter what the instrumentation yes shine Jesus yes and um if any of my my vicarage congregation members are listening to this um tell pastor Justin that uh he needs to have uh um yes and amen the the song from I believe it's from their mid-2000s played or uh Jesus is my friend um Either one of those is uh, an absolute uh, just 10 out of 10 piece of work. <laughs> Why do I feel like you just lied to me, Ben? Because uh, there was dripping sarcasm in my voice, Josh. Oh. Jesus used sarcasm. I have not I come to bring peace, but a sword. I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or like uh, when he's talking to his disciples in the garden. Um, uh, right before his arrest, he tells his disciples, um, those of you who don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one um, because I need to be numbered among sinners. And they like, it just goes right over their heads and they go, well, we've already got two. I guess we need to buy more. And he goes, no, you've already proven my point. Like, <laughs> if you, th- here's my next cringe. If you think that sarcasm is not Christian, go read the Gospels again. <laughs> okay, so I have a, uh, I have a disagreement there. Uh-oh. There's another, there's a podcast, it's probably the only podcast that I regularly listen to called Stuff You Should Know. They're, they're, they just, like, they pick a random topic and they, they dive into the research and stuff on it. Um, very interesting well most of it's very interesting some of it is is not interesting but they did one on sarcasm and there is a uh, a definition clarification between sarcasm and verbal irony and sarcasm by definition is at someone's expense like it's Fair with enough. the intention to to cause verbal harm Whereas verbal irony is using is using the same principle, but just kind of non-threateningly. So I would say and verbal irony. There's nothing wrong with verbal irony. Sarcasm. Yeah, we might have some issues there. Maybe that's, that's a whole other podcast. Maybe that's yeah, that's fair. I'm just anyway, gonna leave that one there. That one that one seems well well enough fleshed out. Um, another cringe clip art. Oh, 
If you have a smiling sun in your presentation, I'm done. I'm done with you. While we're there, Comic Sans. Okay. <laughs> and if you I've are got... sitting there thinking, what's wrong with clip art? Stop. Okay, graphic <laughs> designer. Right? And and I got I got a fair number of problems with clip art. One, whenever people throw it in a slideshow, it always has a background that doesn't match the background of the slide, right? You have your your stupid smiling sun and a white box around it, and then your blue whatever cool. No, don't. It's so bad. Um, another issue is it never is like on theme. It's just a bunch of random like pictures. And it's like a collage for grown-ups. It's and what kills me the most is it's like for so many uses of clip art I've seen. And if you're this isn't my congregation, so I'm gonna because and here's why, because I do the presentations. <laughs> and my sermons, they have graphics, but they always match the color and the theme of the presentation. Right. I have dabbled in graphic design. Anyway, I was at a congregation at one point. And if you're listening to this and you're from that congregation and you know I'm talking about you, I'm sorry, but this is an opportunity for growth. Okay. Where they did their contemporary worship slides. And I swear that whoever, there was a clipboard on every single one. Every single slide had a clip art on it. And I'm pretty sure how it got done is the person copied the lyrics from that slide, pasted them into Google, and picked the coolest graphic they saw on the first page. Which, first of all, is a copyright violation, right? You can't just do that. You can't just copy and paste stuff from Google into a presentation. That is technically illegal, right? Um, but it's also it just looks so bad. Like if I see one more picture of Jesus going like this with a bunch of like cosmic art behind him, I'm like, just put the lyrics on there. Come on. Is that on a on a slide for Shine Jesus Shine? You know, probably. Oh man. Can, can I just continue to riff off of uh, off of this? Please, um, please do. This is not one I have seen in a long time but I feel like it kind of bleeds into this same conversation. Um, if you have screens or TVs in your sanctuary and you're using some sort of, of presentation software, whether it be PowerPoint, ProPresenter, um, pretty Proclaim. sure the church or that, what? Proclaim is the best one I've ever seen and used. So if you're looking for there one, many there's my recommendation. There. there are many others out there. But whatever you do, resist the urge to add a slide-to-slide -slide transition. Anyone under the age of about 35, maybe even 55, will think that it is cheesy, childish, and unprofessional. 
can confirm. Can confirm. If you cannot resist the temptation, keep it as simple. Like a wipe is sometimes acceptable. But if stars car start flying across the screen to clear you to the next slide. <laughs> oh. Stop it. <laughs> the only the only exception I'll make is if and the amount of work you have to put into this is obscene because I looked into doing it um, is like there's some professional presentations where like you'll get it'll be the whiteboard and you'll draw one and then the, the graphic erases and then you draw and you add on like that's cool. That's well done. That also takes a just a metric ton of effort right you in reality you need a a professional graphics designer with professional grade software to put that together well okay mm -hmm. um the other exception is uh if if for whatever reason you use and this would be more for a sermon and less for the whole um both of these would be more for a sermon and not for really a whole worship service but the, the concept of a Prezi, where like, if you have a related point, it kind of like it follows a line and then you have the related point. Um, those are the exceptions I'll make because those are very well put together professional. Like those are, those are things you'll see in, um, in like a stockholder kind of, like a, a professional presentation situation. They're very well polished. They look very good. Um, the transitions in PowerPoint are not in that same ballpark, right? Mm -hmm. If you're not paying for your transitions, you, you just just ignore them. Don't use them. <laughs> I think I think I thought of one other final uh, exception to this, and that is if you are at the end of your sermon and you want to not draw attention to the fact that you're about to flip to a blank page, if you can do a really 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 slow drawn out fade to black. That is acceptable. Yeah. Well, and and here's I wouldn't go as far as cringe on this one, but a related thing that it bothers me a little bit is when you have like a lyric slide, or like when you have the last slide of whatever was last in the service and it sits through the transition, right? Especially with contemporary worship, a lot of times the there's a transition, like uh when we're headed from a Bible reading to the creed, I, I talk for a little bit to kind of make that transition um, to connect the reading to the creed somehow. Um, don't just leave it on the last slide of the reading or the like put in a it could be a blank slide uh, like a fill like a, a black screen. Um, I think it, it looks it looks pretty nice if you can put like a almost like a title slide like maybe uh it's it's a nice clean slide that has your church's name on it um almost like a desktop kind of slide uh but like have that space that intentional space in there for that transition um yeah i don't like i, I don't think i would say that's as far as cringe but it's something that bugs me probably more than it should that's fair. So I feel like we're starting to run out of steam here. So maybe we should wrap this up. I think we should. 
Do we want to try this? I, I got something here, Josh. I, I think a theme that I saw going throughout this whole thing was distractions. And so I think if if there is something that is a distraction in your church that takes away from the the focus in worship on Christ or the work of Christ as a church or the ability to communicate Christ, you know, in the case of something like your church just being messy um, or cluttered, deal with it. Like, don't just let it continue to live and subsist. Deal with it, be done, and move on. Right. And, and to kind of expand on that just for a second, it's this principle of, you know, yes, you could say, well, they should just overlook it or they should just get over it, right? You can say that all you want, but, like, they need to be in church. They need to be connected to Jesus. And if your like laziness at cleaning out the closet is more important than them maybe being connected with the gospel, you need to take a look at your priorities, sir and or madam. Um, anyway, and so my takeaway here is, uh, oh man, I think it just completely left my head. I was so I was list I was listening to you too hard. Oh, cheesy peeps. <laughs> It's gone. It's totally gone. I have nothing. That's okay. I, I think some final prayer thoughts as we're as we're closing out today. Uh, just be praying that, like, let me back up a step. As you consider the things that your church does, whether it be, you know, with your facility, whether it be in worship, whether it be as a community, whether it's with your technology, um, whatever you do like be thoughtful and be prayerful about the way you do it um because there is one mission of the church and that is to be the body of christ the hands and feet um and if we're not accomplishing that with everything that we do we're missing out somewhere so yeah um i actually think my my takeaway was going to be something in line with that right uh, we say these are cringy things and you say, well, that's just your opinion. Yeah, but we deal in, we deal like churches, we deal in the realm of perception as much as we deal in the realm of reality. So if people's impression of your church is that it's out of date and out of touch and not grounded, that is creating a barrier to your gospel proclamation. And you can't say, well, their perception is wrong, so like I shouldn't have to change because the reality is, even if their perception is wrong, you're called to be the bigger person, quote unquote, and deal with it, right? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, prayer thoughts, uh, you, you know, just pray that your church isn't super cringy. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, that'll um, work. And uh, to to be clear, this is probably part one. This is probably something we'll circle back to the next time one of us has a (laughs) needs to rant about things in the church that just make us (laughs) bunch up. So, uh, yeah. Anything else, Ben? Brothers and sisters? No, that's it. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.